Hey, this is Mark with A Present Word, where scripture is shared with insightful and practical applications for you today. Matthew chapter 26, starting in verse 31. Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered and said to him, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that this night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. Jump to verse 69. Now Peter sat outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him, saying, You also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all, saying, I don't know what you're saying. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, This fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for your speech betrays you. Then he began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. Immediately the rooster crowed, and Peter remembered the words of Jesus, who had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So he went out and wept bitterly. And Luke Chapter 22, verse 52, Then Jesus said to the chief priests, captains of the temple, and the elders who had come out to him, Have you come out as against a robber, with swords and clubs? When I was with you daily in the temple, you did not try to seize me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. I believe when Peter told the Lord he would not stumble, he was convinced he would not deny the Lord. He told Jesus, I'm willing to die with you if necessary. I believe he meant it. I believe we all feel that way when we come to a saving knowledge of faith. We commit our life to Christ, and we make a promise to love and serve him to the end. But what Peter didn't understand, and what we must all be aware of, is there is such a thing called the hour and the power of darkness. Peter didn't realize that night he was actually standing at ground zero for the ultimate spiritual demonic attack of his life by just being associated with Jesus, the Son of God. Had Judas not allowed Satan to break into his heart and use him as a vessel to betray his master, that night would have gone very differently. This is a cautionary tale showing us that when the enemy can capture the heart of a disciple of Christ, like Judas, and turn him for the power of darkness, the consequences can be devastating. Peter was willing to fight and die for the Lord in his natural strength, but his spiritual strength was not fully developed, nor was he prepared to stand with the Lord and fight the Lord's battle. Jesus doesn't fight with clubs, swords, guns, tanks. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. The power of darkness brings confusion. 
Peter found himself up against the power of darkness. He became disoriented, and this caused him to stumble and scatter with the rest of the disciples. It only took a little slave girl questioning him to get him to deny the Lord and begin cursing, saying, I do not know this man, when in fact, he knew him very well, for he had lived with him for the past three and a half years. Jesus previously told Peter in verse 31, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. I believe Jesus knew this sifting with prayer would turn out to the benefit of Peter and not to his destruction. Why did Jesus allow Satan to sift him? Peter needed to understand that Jesus will need him in the future, requiring a deep breaking of his own self-strength. Peter must learn to exchange his self-strength for the strength of the Lord in the spirit. That night, Peter was a devastated and broken man. He had good intentions. He was willing to die for the Lord and fight the angry mob to the death. But the truth is, if Peter had died that night, it would have been for the glory of Peter and not for the glory of the Lord. The breaking was necessary, as painful as it was. Jesus's plan for Peter was not to die as a martyr that night, but to die as a living martyr. Romans 12.1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. The history of Israel throughout the Old Testament has stories of devastation to their nation through their rebellion, unbelief, and the worshiping of other gods. However, the history also includes the restoration of the nation and God's promises to heal and to restore them if they were turned back to him. In the Gospel of John, chapter 21, starting in verse 1, And after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias in Galilee, and in this way he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Peter said to them, I go a-fishing. They fished all night, and caught nothing. Jesus appears on the shore and said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Well, Peter said, I go a-fishing. I think he was tired of waiting around to see what the Lord would do, or when he would even reappear. This can be a warning to us that if we go out fishing all night at our own strength, we will most likely catch nothing until the Lord shows up and we begin to follow his divine leading. Jump to verse 17 in chapter 21. And he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, When you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. He spoke this, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, Follow me. If you study the life of Peter, you'll notice the number three or three times becomes very significant 
and how the Lord communicates to him. Peter denied the Lord three times. The rooster crows three times. In Jesus' restoration of Peter, he asked him three times, do you love me? The Lord's telling Peter, you've lived your past life the way you wanted. You get up, you dress yourself the way you want to. You go fishing when you want to. You've been your own man. You've gone your own way. But Peter, all of that has to change if you're going to follow me. We read in Isaiah 55, 8, the Lord is telling us, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Rather, the Lord was telling Peter, you saw how the religious crowd hated me, and eventually they killed me, nailing me to a cross. But now they're going to hate you, Peter, and desire to nail you to a cross. He was telling Peter, the night I was betrayed by Judas, you were made to stumble like I told you. You ran away, denied me. But now, Peter, I need you to feed my sheep. You can't run away anymore from this battle, which is not your battle, but mine. I will strengthen you by my spirit for you to fight the good fight of faith and overcome the hour of the power of darkness. In the Gospel of John 21, verse 20, then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following, who also had leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, if I will that he remains till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. He's telling Peter, don't look at other people. Keep your eyes on me. Peter, I need you to go where I want you to go and do what I instruct you to do. You're going to be acting on behalf of me on the earth as I direct you from heaven. You must stay focused on me, not other people and what they're doing. So let's take a look in the book of Acts chapter 10 and see if Peter was successful at this. We'll start in verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment, a devout man, one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon, a tanner whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. Jump to verse 9. Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. When he became very hungry, he wanted to eat, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened, and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners, descending to him and let down to earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. Then a voice spoke to him again a second time, What God has cleansed, you must not call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven again. 
Now, while Peter wondered within himself what the vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius made inquiry for Simon's house. And they stood before the gate, and they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down, and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. If we jump to verse 34, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Jump to verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, and as many as came with Peter, because of the gift of the Holy Spirit, had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnifying God. Today, Jesus is looking for those like Peter who will go for him as Peter did to Cornelius' house. However, to accomplish this, it requires a breaking of our self-strength and our dependence on the Lord to prepare us, possibly, to even receive a vision, even though that vision may be contrary to our previous lifestyle of religious activities as Peter's was. During his vision, Peter told the Lord, Not so, Lord. But after the vision came three times, he remembered the night he had denied the Lord three times. The rooster crowed three times, and Jesus asked him, Do you love me three times? It all came flooding back to him, and he realized, This is the Lord. I must surrender to his will. Peter now had to rely on and be led by the Spirit, acting as the Lord's earthly ambassador so God could pour out his Spirit on whom he chooses. Had Peter not walked in the counsel of the Lord when he was restored by the Sea of Tiberias in Galilee, there was no way he could have been able to know what God's will was or what God wanted to accomplish regarding Cornelius and his household. Galatians chapter 5 verse 25 tells us, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. In Acts chapter 11 verse 1, Now the apostles and brethren who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision contended with him, saying, You went into the uncircumcised men and ate with them? But Peter explained to them an order from the beginning, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying in a trance. I saw a vision, an object descending like a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners. And it came to me. Jump to verse 10. Now this was done three times, and all were drawn up again into heaven. At that very moment, three men stood before the house where I was, having been sent to me from Caesarea. Then the Spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. Jump to verse 15. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning in the upper room. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptizes with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? This statement by Peter, who was I that I could withstand God, demonstrates to me, anyway, why Jesus did not deny Satan 
access to sift Peter, but rather pray for him. All that the enemy meant for evil, God turned to good. Peter went from saying, not so, Lord, to yes, Lord, let your will be done. Out of the original 12, Peter became one of the greatest apostles. And as we read his two letters in the New Testament, we can only marvel at what God can do with a surrendered life to his will and purpose. Apart from the breaking of our inner self-strength by the Lord, we will not have the capacity nor the understanding to discern when we are accomplishing the will of the Lord or resisting the will of the Lord. One day we'll be building up the kingdom, and the next day we'll be tearing it down. Why? Because our self-strength is connected to our will, which has to be surrendered or supplanted, dealt with, so that we can do God's will. Jesus said, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. A broken man or woman by the Lord's hands becomes a mighty instrument of righteousness against God's enemies. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood or natural people, but against principalities, powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. That's Ephesians 6, starting in verse 12. Isaiah 54, 17 no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. First John 4, 4 reads, Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Okay, back to Luke 22 where we started, and we're going to land on verse 52. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, captains of the temple, and the elders who had come to him as against a robber with swords and clubs, Jesus said, This is your hour and the power of darkness. But praise God, now through the cross, the blood of Christ, and the Holy Spirit, the tables have turned, and we, like the Apostle Peter, have now become God's instruments to defeat his enemies of darkness in our lives and in the world around us. This simple fisherman named Peter became so emptied out by God, there is an entry in Fox's Book of Martyrs concerning him that I would like to read in closing. The Apostle Peter was condemned to death during a persecution of the Christians. It is known that many encouraged him to leave the city, and the story goes that he came to the city gate, and Peter saw Jesus coming to meet him. Lord, where are you going? Peter asked. I am come again to be crucified, was the answer. Seeing that this suffering was understood, Peter returned to the city where he was crucified, head down on the cross at his own request, saying, I am not worthy to be crucified the same way his Lord was. I hope this message was helpful to you today. If you would like to be notified of future podcasts, click the follow or subscribe button. Donations to A Present Word in any amount are greatly appreciated. Just click the support link or the heart button if you're on our website. To contact me, the email is apresentword at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. God bless you.